We're finishing the pamphlet by communist leaders. One of them is a black communist named James Ford. Another one is someone named Crumbin. And another one was the general secretary of the party, William Z. Forster. Tonight we're going to deal with something that was written by James Ford, and it's called Developing Black Communist Leaders. In order to build a party among black Americans and to extend a people's front that would include black Americans, it is necessary to renew our struggle for the immediate and the elementary, which means basic, needs of black people. Our party must stand out as an independent fighter for black Americans. Another fact necessary in building the party among this population is the question of training and retraining our personnel. This was a special point on the agenda of African American Commission. Comrade Bassett, and I knew Ted Bassett, by the way. He's mentioned here, I thought it was interesting. He must have been, when I was in the party in his 90s, Comrade Bassett made an excellent report and outlined a program of reading, a program of studying, a program of self-study courses, and for schools for quickly overcoming a very great shortcoming in this field. So even then, they're talking about schools, what we're doing tonight, having courses. If we make a careful analysis of the African-American personnel in the party, we find both among the leading forces as well as among secondary leaders a hopeful lack of systemic training in revolutionary theory and practice. We have therefore agreed to organize a national training school. We have agreed to require of comrades in leading work, and you could apply this sentence to what we're doing today. We have agreed to require of comrades in leading work who are not able to attend these schools to submit a plan of self-study and reading. There is a great need for pamphlets. A number of comrades have been assigned to write popular pamphlets. We are emphasizing again the special attention that must be given to the organization of the party apparatus in the district where there are large concentrations of black Americans. The experience, and they mention Harlem, Chicago, Cleveland, should be extended. A special program of daily attention on the part of the state or district to do this work. At a recent meeting of the what we would call the Oppressed Nationalities Commission that was held in New York, Comrade Browder, who was the leader at the time, said the following to us. I would say that the main feature of the past year has been that in the field of work among African Americans. As in most of the other fields of body work, we have begun to realize on a mass level, a mass scale, the result of the line of the Seventh World Congress of the Common Turn. We have begun to emerge from a sectarian isolation. Very interesting. If you look at the period that he's talking about, the sectarian isolation was in the 20s and become a mass influence a mass power, 
as in our party work generally. This has been accompanied by a sharpening of all the problems that are involved in our work. All of our weaknesses and inadequacies come out most sharply now precisely because we have made some tremendous gains and therefore face responsibilities which politically we feel equipped to meet, end quote. Now, I want to just remind everyone that the party went from 40,000 people, which sounds like a lot to us, but to the party at the time was not a lot. We went from 40,000 people in the 20s to over 180,000 in the 30s and 40s, and it was called the Popular Front Period. So we have to look back and see where the party grew, why it grew. And if those were the issues that made the party grow at that time, I think we should seriously look at them again. So I'm going to open up the questions. I like the part where they mentioned the schools and keeping up with the classes and things like that. I think it's good that we stick to what we're doing and not lose ourselves in the moment like how when Germany invaded the Soviet Union, they kept the parade going. They didn't stop. So we're not going to break ranks, and we'll keep following this book, as mentioned, and we'll keep up with our organization and with classes. There's an organization in the South called the African People's Socialist Party, led by Omali Yeshatela. And I was wondering if you had any experience with them or what their positions are. Are they ultra-left? I know all about them. I'm glad you mentioned that. Very important. It's not a mass organization of the African-American people. For example, there's a group called Black Trade Unionists. That's a mass organization of African-American working people inside the trade union movement. The NAACP is a mass organization among the African-American community. Many of the communists in the past were members of the NAACP in their local geographical areas. The organization does not follow W.E.B. Du Bois, who joined the Communist Party when he was 92. They don't even follow Nkrumah, who was the first president of Ghana, who was very pro-socialist. Their position of socialism is akin to what I have seen to the Native American historical connections with socialism, which means connected to the land, that kind of thing. Not scientific socialism at all. Nothing with Engels, Marx, nothing like that. So that's my experience with that group. That group was very friendly with people who have left our party. They had very good relations with the Hoja people, the people who follow Ebner Hoja. That would make sense. And Rahosia's position is that the socialist countries, including German Democratic Republic and the Soviet Union, were social imperialists, that they were just as bad as the United States, maybe even worse. And that after 1953, there was capitalism in the Soviet Union after Comrade Stalin passed. That's the Envahosia position, which is not the position of any communist around the world, except those that are close to Envahosia. What I have found to be useful is when you're going through social media, a lot of the discussion obviously is about race. 
And you'll see also a number of companies that will post, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook, about what they're doing with diversity. And when you bring up that what it's truly about is a conflict between classes, it's amazing if you have 100, 200 people that are commenting on that, how many people will then respond? And those are the people I find that you can have the best discussions with. But it's reframing the issue. And when you rephrase that, you get people thinking, and then they become open to, wait a minute, there might be another opportunity. There might be something more than what I've been told all my life. And I found that to be a great window into that discussion. Why do we even talk about theory? Theory is really important. It's a guiding slogan of the People School for Marxist-Lenin studies. Remember the famous quote from Comrade Lenin, without revolutionary theory, there cannot be a revolutionary movement. And that's really what separates us from those who put theory in the back of the stove, we used to call it the back burner, or those who don't even discuss theory at all. And the people's school, we must apply this directive. Our progress in this direction will demand that the people's school shall be woven into the everyday life and the problems of people in the broader movement and the party, which operates more in the center of the movement. Our theory, Marxism-Leninism, is the understanding of the laws that govern history in its development, the laws of social change. And that's a big thing, the laws of social change. We are interested in these laws of social change, not because we're curious by ourselves, but because we find ourselves in a changing world, the world that is torn between forces of reaction and retrogression on one hand, and on the other hand, forces of progress. We find ourselves, on the whole, victims, helpless victims, of the reactionary forces that are in our country right now, except to the degree that we arm ourselves with fundamental understanding, with theory. We find that if our action is based only upon our own experience, and you heard people do this all the time, well, this is my experience, this is my experience. But if our action is based only on our own experience, if our actions are not shown and lit up by theory, then these actions are self-defeating. Because why? They run into blind alleys, into dead-end roads, and we lose our way. But with theory as our guide, our GPS that you have in the car, theory which summarizes the experience of all history, which is the accumulation of working-class experience over the generations, then our action draws into it the deepest forces among the masses of people. Then our actions strike out upon the broad highway to progress. It is inspired by the confidence of sure knowledge. I want to note here that in the Soviet Union, when Lenin and Stalin were at the helm of the ship, they inaugurated a great reconstruction of their educational system. There's a lot that we can learn from their experience. Avoiding all kinds of tendencies to mechanically copy from one country to another 
we will find great gains in utilizing the leading principle of the Soviet educational reconstruction system, which was taking place around the time of the book, The History of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. First, the task is placed for the broadest circle of our party in mastering theory. That's why we have this people's school. The following most important declaration is made. Here's the quote. It is wrong of us to believe that only a small circle of practical workers can cope with the task of mastering our theory. The mastering of Marxism, Leninism, is a matter of accumulation of effort and time. All that is necessary to master the theory of Marxism-Leninism is to have the desire and to exercise persistence and firmness in the effort to attain this objective, end quote. That comes from the Communist International that was written in 1938. This is a necessary conclusion from a theory which deals with social development as a field for scientific investigation, subject to certain laws which can be proven, the understanding of which creates the possibility of guiding us and controlling the social development for socially determined aims. All remnants of an esoteric and a mystical atmosphere has to be cleared from about the theory of Marxism-Leninism. It is a science. This is something that we have to remember. It is a science. As much as science as physics. As much as science as chemistry. As much as science as biology. And it can be mastered with the same thoroughness by which every individual who possesses significant and sufficient desire to do so. Second, when given the students possessing these qualities, the task of mastering the theory of Marxism-Leninism will be advanced with a degree of quickness and thoroughness that will be determined by the quality of the text we're studying and the organization of the study itself. Thus, we place a tremendous responsibility upon our educational workers and the people's school for Marxist-Leninist studies. It is these workers who must facilitate in every way the task of each of the students in our classes to grasp, to master the theory in its highest development that was given to us by Engels, Marx, Lenin, and Comrade Stalin. Not as abstractions and not as formulas, but as living principles which show every problem of our own life and thereby guide us in our actions. Any questions? As you said, Marxism-Leninism isn't just a science, it's an eternal science. And what's beautiful about it is that it can adapt to the changing conditions. The science that was developed over 100 years ago by our comrades is still usable to date. Why is it an eternal science? Simple, it's because the way that it's put together and the way that it acts out in practice is through dialectical materialism. 
when we have these fundamental roots of what our political ideology is and when we understand them, then we can better put together why we do certain things that we do. Yes, we are for black liberation, women's liberation. As you said, Marxism-Leninism is a science for understanding social change and in order to make social progress in society and to understand that there's actually a scientific understanding behind the things that we do. We do it because it's necessary for advancing humanity towards our eventual end goal of communism. And it happens to line up with progress, which is aligned with the will of the mass. It's an eternal science and it's beautiful. And once you have a deep understanding of it, it's infinitely useful. I've been a Marxist for over a decade. Scientific socialism led me right into the teachings of Lenin. They resonated with me, helped me understand, as has been put forward in the class tonight, the forces behind social change, the historical and social, the economic analysis, the fundamentals. Those things really began to clarify for me as I began to read and study more of Comrade Lenin's works and his theoretical teachings as well. We have a continuation of the CPUSA, but we have to realize that in the minds of everybody else, this is just a brand new party. We have to dive into how we want to present ourselves to the American public because we don't have that history that the CP has. A work that the party published called Black and Red has a lot of good collections for this sort of thing written by black communist Americans, which is really, really good. Book recommendation, Hammer and Ho, about oh, black yeah. communists in Alabama. About dialectical materialism and the science of Marxism-Leninism. I have found in Marxist circles that even more experienced comrades will often understand the basic ideas of dialectical materialism and how that looks in theory. We would greatly benefit from how to apply theory in our analysis. Marxism, Leninism, as far as the social sciences go, it's the most important one because it deals with the science of change, change in our society and change of power, of course, for the working class. In the past, everything was scientifically thought of as Newtonian science. We've progressed far more in that, but this is also a science that is developing and is being reformulated and new things are being learned. What everybody's been saying about what's going on outside in the streets and what's been going on with the virus and what's been going on with the economy, and what's been going on with the White House. All old landmarks that we are used to are drifting. They're breaking up. They're disappearing. The old world as we knew it is constantly more in a profound, chaotic situation. Those with foundations only in the old order of things. It is a period of pessimism for them. Think about it. The mega people. It's a period of pessimism, and it's a period of despair. Their world is vanishing. While those who would militantly defend this old order, like supporters of Trump, by stopping progress at all costs, they pass over to eventually what? 
Eventually, their last resort to save their world is fascism. The bloody, the brutal dictatorship of monopoly capital. They smash, they destroy all culture. They destroy science, the arts, all civilization. For those, however, who are armed with an understanding of our theory, Marxism-Leninism, the way is lit up through the deepest chaos, the deepest pessimism is dissolved. Courage, enthusiasm, inspire to struggle onward with calm confidence in the certainty of our victory. Why? Because that is our theory. It discloses the bearer of the future society in the immortal and destructible working class. Armed with theory and understanding is eventually invisible. How many Americans among those who pride themselves upon their education, they were thrown into a panic and despair by the stock market. That was a recent event. I talked to my sister today, who's not a leftist, and she said the world is crazy between the virus and between people shooting each other in the street and people breaking windows. This is the world she sees. Nothing but pessimism in her voice. We don't have that, comrades. Everybody in this phone, we have optimism. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this phone call. We wouldn't be trying to build a vanguard party to take over when the time is necessary. As Comrade Fidel said many years ago, history will absolve us. Remember that. We are on the right line. We know what direction we have to go in, and we have to get the advanced sections of the working class with us, and it will happen. Thank you, comrades, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to this full-length class from the People's School for Marxist-Leninist Studies. Support us at newoutlookpublishers.net, join us on Discord, follow us on Twitter, and visit peopleschool.org to sign up for free classes.